Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, March 28th, 2022, with another fan-blastic show coming up for you tonight. Alan Crater of New York Times will be joining us. My name is John Cuthbert. With me, as always, is this character right here, Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I'm doing well, Shawnee. Busy week of hockey, I guess you could say. It's a busy week every week for the New York Islanders because they play 8,000 games every week from now until the end. Watch the Islanders get uh, get the crap smacked out of them on Sunday Ooh, and then watch Will Smith nice. smack the crap out of Chris Rock on national television. <laughs> a lot of smacking going around. Thanks for tuning in here live at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Another night of fun and splendor here at... Hockey I thought you were going to say fun and Splenda. You want some Splenda I'm with that water? Sweet and you want some Splenda? <laughs> all right, folks. want to remind you all that we are happy to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the Isles when you can't be at the game. Head on down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HD TVs, and in-game sound. Also thrilled to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip, and of course, UBS Arena at Belmont Park. They're an official sponsor, uh, partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu, bluelinedeli.com, okay. for all their great offerings. Also happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale. Available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new home in UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And, of course, those of you in the chat, please get your questions in for Questions Brewing later on in the show. Christian, the deadline came and went. It was the snooze fest we, we warned might be coming last week. <laughs> well, our guests, a lot of our guests warned it was going to, and then we just took credit for their Of ideas. course, that's what we yeah. do here, especially yourself. And wow, no. You have two wins. Wow. <laughs> two losses. Another, essentially, 500 week for the Islanders. This yeah. is become commonplace uh, throughout many portions of this season after a nice little run, but that's over. Yeah, Two I mean, I mean, they played they played Detroit and they played Ottawa. What do you say, so yeah, They played Detroit <laughs> and they played Ottawa those first games, which is good. I mean, you know, you need those wins, and obviously you try and build momentum, but obviously when, when you look at what was coming up on the calendar, Boston and, and Tampa Bay, those were games that were easily going to be somewhat lopsided defeats. Uh, for the Islanders, which is just kind of the reality of the situation they find themselves in. It's, hmm. you know, it is what it is at this point. They are kind of just building for what comes down the line. Uh, you know, what is it? We have about a month left in the season. They're playing yeah, for pride. Much. They're playing for jobs next season. They're playing for all the things we used to talk about back in the day when it came to Islander seasons, you know, this time of uh, this time of year in, in the hockey calendar. But, mm. you know, here we are again. So it, it I'm not surprised by the outcome this week. Um, you know, it was nice to see a couple positives. Brock Nelson getting a couple goals there. He finally, he finally um, moves past the 30 plus goal plateau, which is a, a huge milestone mm-hmm. for him, and obviously a, a a 
direct shot at, at Mike Carver and ILC uh, on the ILC podcast, which has, uh, you know, been one of his biggest attractors <laughs> for a really long time. And um, I'm sure that's been, been uh, bulletin board material for the course of Brock Nelson's career. Oh, but, 100%, obviously. Um, that's a positive. Unfortunately, too, you're also dealing with some injuries. Scott Mayfield, some, some rough injury news for him. Cal Clutterbuck, some rough injury news for him, as well mm-hmm. as Ilya Sorokin, who it seems now is going to miss some time. I'm not quite sure what the situation. We do know. Um, Senor Schneider. Uh, yes, right. Senor Schneider. We really. <laughs> um, Rob Schneider, in fact. Um, no, Corey the Schneider. Animal, had, right? what yeah, was, uh, the Animal, right? The Animal, I think it was I that think movie. He was in, in the, the Animal movie. and. Um, Basically, if, if there's a uh, Adam Sandler movie, he plays some sort of minor character in it. I mean, he has a lot. He has Adam Sandler to thank for a lot of. Oh, 100%. Lot of his career. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Wasn't he in Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo? Was Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Male Gigolo, okay. Yes, yeah, classic, classic film. Um, so, somehow that got a sequel, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, wasn't uh, ever didn't, didn't win Academy Awards, shockingly. Mm, um, indeed. But Corey Schneider apparently has been called up. I don't know if that's officially official or it's just sort of every, what everyone has seen over the last couple hours, which has been that he is na- his name on is now roster, on, yes. on the Islanders roster on their website. Uh, not 100% sure if that's, an, uh, that's a... Um, actual transaction that has occurred yet but certainly a lot of news that's happened over the last couple couple days some good some bad and uh some in things between. some things that have transpired that could be foreseen indeed christian well yes. put well put well this is the first show since the deadline came and went so why don't we start talking about that the trade deadline fallout as i said at the top of the show nothing to see here in Island Country. <laughs> Literally nothing to see here. No deals were made. The only deals that were made were pen put to paper. Uh, to some people's surprise, maybe even my own to a degree, Cal Clutterbuck gets two years, $1.75 million per. Zach Parisi, I thought he got like $1.25, but I checked Cap Friendly before we went live here, and it says seven fifty k. Maybe there's a bonus in there somewhere that they're not accounting for. No, it makes well, but, but that's you know, not either way. Salary, it's it's makes sense. the same. It's the same amount that he got for this year, seven hundred fifty k, essentially yeah. league minimum. No problem with either one. Listen, Zach has his money from uh, his buyout with uh, with Minnesota, so he's you know he can kind of just sign. He could sign for pennies on the dollar, as has point. been said here. Absolutely. So you got a guy in Zach Parisi, which I think. Islander country is is unanimous, unanimously on board with bringing him back. I think I most. Think the, Islander I don't fans, think Islanders country is unanimous on anything. Okay, that's fair. But I would say that most people, from what I can tell, from what I've seen, a lot of people were fans of Zach Parisi this season. They see what he brings to the table, bringing him back on a minimum <laughs> contract. I was just thinking, of, we Sean and I went to the Islander game twice this week, twice we last did. week actually. Yeah, that was rough. And yeah, it was it was pretty brutal. <laughs> uh, free tickets are tough to pass up. So what can you say? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I was thinking there's one guy who, who might not be a fan. It's that one one guy that I always hear screaming at screaming at the ice during the course uh, yes, of the game. Yes. Uh, so there might be one person who's not a fan of this deal. He, that man just sounds like he's not a fan of much. We have uh, where we're sitting there's a there's what we, we call him the yeller. And um, old yeller. Oh, old yeller. That's actually what we should call him. But yes, he always he always has some loud commentary for what's going on in the ice and that's his right. He's a fan. But it's all it's always negative. <laughs> never positive. Like never hear him say, Good job, Zach. <laughs> you know, it's always something negative. But anyway, entertaining. But yes, Parisi's back. I think most in Island Country think that's a good idea. I think people are a little more split on Cal Clutterbuck. Not only coming back, but also getting two years. I mean, again, I, I made a similar argument when they re signed Matt Martin for the amount of years that they signed him for. 
the contract is low enough where if he becomes an issue, a problem, a guy you can't put in the lineup anymore, or if you need his cap space, you can banish him to Bridgeport if you have to. I don't think it's going to come to that over the course of these two years. I think they're fine. And funny enough now, the fourth line is just overall more affordable than it was because <laughs> you had Martin and Clutterbuck both re-signed for lesser deals. You had Casey Zizekas shave about a, a million off of his contract. So, I mean, are they starting to age out? Maybe without Zizekas. He's only like 31, so he's fine. But Martin and Clutterbuck, they're getting up there. We're already starting to see some regression in their game. But it's it's a line that... Barry Trotz has been able to rely on. He puts a lot of faith in. He has a lot to say about what those guys bring to the locker room, behind the scenes, everything like that. So, look, it's your fourth line. It's not like you're you're throwing out three 35-year-olds on your first line. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So I don't think it's that big of a deal for the detractors out there. And, again, not like not like moves can't be made or things can't be shifted if, if they don't work out. But I'm, I'm fine with both of them. Yeah, the Zach Parisi deal, I think everyone, for the most part, is is on board with. Look, you know, Parisi isn't going to put up twenty goals, really, but you know, know you're gonna you're gonna get points out of him. He's a hustler. You know what you're getting out of him, and you're gonna get his best effort every time he's on the ice. And even though he's not putting pucks pucks in the net, he has been creating opportunities, and he's yeah. reliable. And that's something that. It's something the Islanders need, right? You even look at what the job he's done when he's been out there with Oliver Wallstrom and Matt Barzal. He's helped create mm-hmm. moments and opportunities. So I, he's absolutely in for a league minimum. He, you know, it's worth the price of admission. Yeah. So I have no issue with that. My issue continues to be with the Clutterbuck deal. The idea that the Islanders continue to rely on these sort of grinder, fourth line type guys and give them roster spots and, and kind of continue this per- perpetuality. Perpet- Continue to perpetuate perpetuity. Yeah, thank you. Perpetuity mm-hmm. um, uh, of this kind of old idea that I think has shown that it doesn't work in the in the postseason, and there's no guarantee next year that it's going to work. Or it's going. I'm sorry, it doesn't work in the regular season, and there's no guarantee it's going to pay off anymore in the in the postseason. Um, you mentioned Cal Clutterbuck and, and Case Zekas and Matt Martin getting up there in age. Obviously, Case Zekas is the youngest one on the line mm-hmm. at 31, and in reality, he's probably a third line center on on most NHL As teams. Said, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I don't understand at this point the the reliance on keeping a guy like Matt Martin and, and Cal Clutterbuck on the same team. We, we talked about the redundancy that some of these guys mm-hmm. have at this point. And I, I, is, I think you look at this and you go, is this not an opportunity where you could try and get someone else in that line, where you can try and maybe cr- make that line more than just your, all right, we're going to send them out there and smash a bunch of people because that's really the, the only thing that they're kind of – doing at this point right i mean at its peak and its heyday the islanders would send out that line and it creates the identity and they're going to smack people around and they're going to create op- offensive opportunities off of that but you really didn't see that this year right mm. that was that was lacking for the better part of the season mm. so I, I don't know i just don't i don't understand the move i don't understand the the continued idea that this is something that's going to work especially as these guys get a little bit older and i, I think at the end of the day it, it to me what what is the most worrisome I guess you could say it signals the idea that the Islanders are going to go into this off season possibly and say well we had COVID to deal with we had a thirteen game long road, losing um, a road trip excuse me and that's really why this team didn't succeed and then there it's not going to be the wholesale change or not not even going to be the needed change that's going to be made to kind of correct a lot of these issues that's my concern right now. I guess it's a fair concern, but I just don't think that's the mentality. I don't think that's the mindset. I think management knows 
that they need to make some changes. Whether It's not going to be wholesale, but I think they know they have to make some changes to improve this team because they've seen enough of this team beyond those issues in the beginning of the season when they finally got into a groove where it hasn't been perfect and where they haven't been able to play a consistent level of hockey the way they had in seasons previous, or at least maintain it enough where they can get into the to the playoffs and whatnot. I think I think that's recognized, and I think we we also have to remember this is their fourth line. Like it's not that consequential. These are guys, but, but this is but you look at the Islanders. They're they're a team that constantly has relied on all four of those lines, and at times during their runs in the postseason and the regular season, they have relied on that fourth line to do a lot. This is true, but so I think that, there's a shift, and I think they will shift that, and maybe you see more of a reliance on their top nine as opposed to having the numbers be comparable between the top 12. I, I think you're going to see less reliance on those guys, especially if they do what I expect to happen and is add to this team in the summer. I think that they're going to try to add at least one top six winger that's going to be able to help out with the scoring, and they might try to plug somebody else in elsewhere in, in the top six. We'll see. But and then of course the defense. So look, I I just don't think it it's worth much time, you know, going back and forth over over a couple of fourth liners that obviously still mean a lot to this team, whether it's on the ice or off. And it's these are guys that Barry Trot still wants around, that Lou Lamarillo still wants around. And look, I mean, you're you're happy to throw crow in my face next season if <laughs> if the fourth line ends up being the reason why they don't get into the playoffs again or they they have a slow season or whatever. But I just don't think with these deals that they have here, that it's going to be that big of a deal. And I don't think that there's some, you know, plucky fourth liners out there that are going to get eight to 11 minutes on this team, you know, hypothetically, that are going to make that big of a difference. I just don't. And it's it's my concern, again, is that is that idea of kind of, all right, we're just going to continue down this line. In addition to, you add the injury issues now with a lot of these guys on that fourth line. And then on top of my concern about what message does this, this, this send, is this already signaling, we're going to continue with, with majority of what we already have and try, and try and do this again next year. Because in fairness, that's very much what the Garth Snow days were about. You know, the Islanders never took those steps because... You know, part of it was they never could could uh, adjust the lineup after the after a successful season or two, and then you'd see massive regression. Not only that, but they weren't able to make deals at the deadline, which is a new thing for the Islanders now. They've been consistent at that, but we have to break either way. And I appreciate the fact that you're concerned, Christian. You care. That's I mean, you have uh, a lot uh, of concerns. You care. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for great. sure. That's what it is, <laughs> folks. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY, and of course on your favorite podcast providers later on after it's recorded. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Alan Kreda of the New York Times will join us to talk about the Isles, the deadline, and the NHL at large. We'll be right back. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down, watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week, hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill. 
your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Hockey Night in New York, presented by RJ Daniels. And now it is time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And joining us on the line right now from the New York Times is Mr. Alan Craddock. Alan, thanks so much for joining us. How you doing tonight? You're welcome. Happy to be on anytime. It's freezing. It's more like uh, Christmas <laughs> Christmas week than the end of March. Yeah, but. what is going on? I thought we hit the spring. We're talking about keeping daylight savings permanent, and here we are in frigid weather, just about to hit April. I don't know what's going on, but totally bonkers. Another bomb cyclone or something. <laughs> Something's going through. on out there. But welcome aboard. Let's talk about the trade deadline. Christian and I were just were just talking about it ourselves, and obviously very uneventful for the Islanders, just a couple of signings. They literally make no moves with anybody else around the league. Is that what you expected, and do you think that was the right way to go for the squad? I actually do think it was the right way. I don't think they're that far away from where they were last year and where they might be next year with some infusion of player here or there i mean the, the core is the core they didn't they didn't all have terrible seasons at once it was just something of a collective lapse tired from last two years with the playoff run the, the terrible 13 game road trip the getting used to a new building of course the covid impact on their roster in october november december that that all took a toll but look at brock nelson look at cal clutterbuck look at Look at these guys that have they're doing what they did last year and the year before. The the Martin Sezikis Clutterbuck line is still the line. Might be a bit slower, but they're still the line. So I think in essence, why trade Cal Clutterbuck for a fourth round pick when you've already signed Sezikis and Martin? Keep it together a little longer. You can still have it there. It's still one of the most effective lines in the game. They will make other moves. Obviously, they need some more mobility and youth on, on the defensive side, but they're not that far away from being back where they were, I think. I just think less was more this time around. Alan, appreciate you coming on as always, my friend. On that note, I am curious. When you look at, when you talk about the Islanders, I actually tend to disagree with, with about the fourth line's <laughs> um, you know, effectiveness at this point. But but when you look at this Islanders roster now and, and you kind of look towards next offseason, what is it that's ultimately, in your mind, 
going to be what pushes this team back to the the organization, the team that we saw on the ice the last couple of years before this kind of wacky season. Wacky is the word, definitely the word <laughs> of what we've seen since since October. But they need something like a, a Nick Letty again. They need that mobile defenseman that moves the puck up, that gets it going offensively from the defensive. No, they really weren't able to find that enough. I mean, no adoptions a player on the rise, but. Dan Ochara was, was not really the answer at this point. Uh, Andy Green is still serviceable, and he's definitely those two have helped Noah Dobson, but it's just not enough back there helping the offense, and maybe that's um, one of the major issues. And they, they need more from Matthew Barzal. They need more more numbers. I mean, he's putting up reasonable numbers this year, but he's only got 12 goals. I mean, where whereas he needs to, to be the one. He needs to be the player that's going to be a 40 goal threat and, and be setting up uh, his teammates in a hundred point uh, seasons. He, he has to be that player to for the Islanders to ascend back where they were. Of course, the other situation or the other sort of, I don't know, obvious situation with the Islanders are they really not built for the 82 game grind. They've had success in the playoffs because they were built for those short runs, the one goal games, the grinded outs, but you can't do that for 82 games. It's just, it's just too much. The game has also gotten faster, younger. They're competing. They're not getting blown out when they lose, but they're they're not scoring enough. They and it was just the start. I mean, if you take away the first six, seven weeks, they might be knocking on the Capitals' door. So it, that was just the cumulative effect of a half season gone. And they got off to the oh five and two start at home, and they've been pretty good since. So. It's a multitude of factors. I think 80% of them tie into those first six, seven, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, no doubt, Alan. And just to keep it on the deadline for a moment, you, you see Semyon Varlamov was a guy who maybe was one of the few that the Islanders maybe could have got something of value back. They end up hanging on to him. Do you think that's a clear indication that Lou Lemerle and Barry Trotz want to go back to that tandem of Sorokin Varlamov next season? Or do you think maybe that's something Lou revisits this summer if he can shed that salary and maybe get some assets for him? Maybe. I mean, maybe he just decided it wasn't the right time mm-hmm. at the end there. For whatever reason, Lou doesn't love those kind of deals just for the sake of a draft pick. So he might maybe tries to move Valamo to a place he really would want to go next. Or maybe he does stick around one more year. I mean, he's had success here, no doubt. This, again, has been an offseason for him. Some lingering injury probably affecting him as well. Early on, he's only got six wins. I mean, this isn't the same goaltender the fans saw the past couple of years. So something was definitely a miss there as well. But Sorokin of course, has emerged as the true number one. Will he finish the season? Another another uh, question, some sort of injury yesterday that may or may not allow him to continue playing this campaign for April. So I could see them sticking around one more year in tandem. It, it can't hurt. The goaltending hasn't been their problem either. It's really just been lack of offense consistently, lack of offense from the defense consistently, and just, I think, the weary factor was a was a factor i think they've had those two long runs they didn't win they didn't win the cup last year when they were so close to getting to the finals it had to take a physical mental emotional toll you come right back and start all over again again back to that road trip they were five two and two but then they went on that eight game losing streak that that built it into their home opener and all that so it's just hard i think all of it lou barry trots they just take all that into account they understand these things happen the season is basically a lost season in some ways, but 
they've still acquitted themselves well this second half. They haven't given up. They haven't disappeared into the abyss of the standings <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. Right. So the other teams might have done that. Look at the Flyers. They're just, just not showing up right after games. I mean, it's just yeah. they haven't done that. They aren't going to do that. They will, they will be in every game right down to the end there on April 29th, the late finish. So I, I just don't see that they had to really blow it up. I didn't. I never loved those trades just for the sake of a pick. I mean, what's a fourth-round pick in 2022 going to do for you in the next two or three years? Uh, better to keep the Cal Clutterbuck around who really wants to be here and, and give it a couple more years. I agree, Alan. Talking with Alan Crater <laughs> from the New York Times and the Associated Press here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Alan, you mentioned the goaltending tandem, and you mentioned sort of the situation with Ilya Sorokin. Uh, with the way the season is, and, and I know some of the people in the chat asked us as well, but when you look at the situation where the Islanders stand, uh, where do you, what do you think Barry Trotz and, and the Islanders management ends up doing with the with the Sorokin situation? It seems like Corey Schneider is going to be here for the Tuesday game, uh, or the tomorrow game, I should say, against Columbus. And, uh, you know, if it's something serious, are you, are you kind of looking that we've seen the last of Ilya Sorokin? Could be. I mean, why risk it if it's something needs surgery or an issue that's not worth it? I mean, why push it at this point? He's, he's certainly proven his value to the team, to the franchise, his performance this season. 22 wins in 43 games, pretty good. Uh, 2.3 goals against average. I mean, he's had some fabulous games in there, too. So he, he's the number one. That's clear. Risking further injury in a season where the playoffs are all but mathematically gone. Uh, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Corey Schneider. One more burst in the NHL. I mean, he plays through April. I don't. I don't think that detracts from anything. Uh, the fans aren't going to uh, be in an uproar over that. And you never know. Well, don't splitting. <laughs> yeah, that's don't true. Sell them I short. take that back. <laughs> I take it back. I mean, uh, what, what could go wrong in April? Uh, yeah, there's another road trip. Another one of these midwestern western trips again. So the you know the road record isn't the greatest. So that's also contributed to to the situation but I, I don't i don't detect anybody said forget it you know just throw in that proverbial towel and look to next year's Anders knee will lee will not let that happen barzal himself will not let that happen there, there are just guys in that room that are too proud zach parisi has played every game i believe oh, yeah. the only one and uh, will not let that happen he's put together a solid season at, at his advanced age i mean he's coming back smart move leader winner um, these things are, are good team things. So I don't, I don't see the negatives in this way. They've come back from the, the horrendous beginning of the season. Alan, uh, you've obviously covered hockey for, for such an extended period of time for, uh, you know, a number, a number of outlets and a, and a number of number of years when, and you've seen sort of Lou Lamarol's progress from, you know, kind of a, a younger general manager to, to winning a couple cups in New Jersey and, and, and now leading the Islanders. When you look, when having kind of that understanding of what he's done over the course of his career and maybe some insight, what has, what do you think has gone through Lou Lamarol's mind over the last uh, couple months? during the season i know he's always one that keeps everything very close to the vest and you never really know what he's thinking but maybe there's a chance you have some insight into the brain of lou lamorello i would think at this point in his career you know the frustration has to be high considering how close they were 
but he's also not panicking. He knows what the long game is all about. He, he did that with the New Jersey Devils. The three cups could have been five cups. I mean, he, he's been there through a lot of ups and downs. He's, it's another sort of minor dip in the ascension of the franchise. So I don't see panic. He, maybe you try to light a fire under some guys he thinks may not have had their best seasons quietly. He's not going to do it overtly, but he, he did it a little bit quietly, I think, in his fan gathering yesterday. I mean, it's, it's reasonable to, to point out some players could have had better numbers. That's how he'll, he'll do it. He's not going to call people out publicly. He didn't go trade the farm either. So patience seems to still be the watchword. He's got Barry Trotz there at least another year, and I'm sure Barry will be signed. For another several years with the Islanders, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see any reason he wouldn't at this point. I mean, they are still building; they have the core leadership. Maybe there's a trade over the summer. Maybe there's a signing or, or two. As far as the draft pool, I mean, it's it's still hard to predict. Everything takes time with draft picks. I don't think they can count on that being the the magic elixir. But they must have a plan. There must be a plan in place that's not that far from reality, or they wouldn't have done very little at the deadline. I mean, they could have easily traded a third of the roster if they really wanted to, but as we see, they did hardly anything. So there, there must be a plan that's uh, unknown to the to the greater population, but will emerge over time. Yeah, Alan, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that we're going to see that happen over the summer. I think they're going to reset and, and, like you said, maybe get a little bit younger, maybe fill a couple of those holes that have become a little more gl- glaring this season on the back end and on the front end, uh, as, as that goes. But did you get a chance to, to take a look at what else happened around the league as far as the deadline goes? Are there any teams out there that you thought maybe um, improved their position to, to real, give a real serious go at, uh, at the Stanley Cup, whether it's the Rangers making a couple of key pickups or anybody else out there? Uh, the Rangers definitely made yeah. good moves. Each of them have contributed already. Uh, Andrew Kopp's got five points in three games, and Frank Petrano is scoring goals all over the place, and Tyler Motz could be a key piece on that proverbial fourth line. So those were smart sort of Swiss Army Knife player additions that can go anywhere in the lineup, uh, it would appear. So solid moves there. Carolina picking up Max Domi. That could be a, a neat little bonus to her already very deep team, well-coached. Pittsburgh, Ricard Raquel also scoring. Yeah. So like another Jeff Carter thrown into the mix, another veteran score, big guy, fast. I mean, they're they're pretty lo- loaded heading in. Florida tinkered, made some cumulative. I mean, every every team in the top eight in the East did something. Look Tampa's Lindholm to Boston. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a solid move. Mm-hmm. Boston rising fast. They might catch Florida at this rate. I mean, they're just they don't stop winning. So. It's 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 pretty wild. That's an eight team field that's been generally set since around I don't know New Year's. Right. Uh, it hasn't really budged and it won't budge. Just a matter of who plays whom, and I think that first round is going to be pretty uh, pretty epic. Any way you look at it, uh, the first round is always the best round. I think it's always yes the most emotional, the most physical. Teams are fresher, mm. eager. So that's going to be a pretty pretty wild. A couple of weeks in early May, definitely. But it looks like those eight teams are, except for Washington, none, any of them can move sort of anywhere at this point. Uh, so the matchups all remain to, remain to be seen. The West, also pretty wild. It's going to be a, quote, wild West. I think uh, Calgary, <laughs> Ca- Calgary, 
is my dark horse favorite to go all the way to the finals. Wow. Out west, uh, Colorado is as good as they are. I don't know. Something about it's been maybe too easy. Minnesota, a lot of pieces picking up Mark Andre Fleury. They've won six in a row. They have the great Matt Zuccarello, who just seems to find his way into winning teams. Yeah, very true. They, they, they are another uh, dark horse out there. The Kings, out of nowhere, a playoff team. Interesting. So, uh, wild. Edmonton, I don't know. Edmonton, I feel like, is, as always, they look good on paper. They put up all the numbers and then the flame out. Right. So, right. That, that I could see. I could see the Kings upsetting them right away, uh, one of those. But Calgary, Minnesota my two uh, western favorites uh, not as much tinkering out out west i don't know if calgary even made a move the kings really didn't either so um, interesting a lot of the a lot of the trade maneuvers were east eastern teams right Talking with Alan Crater from the New York Times and the Associated Press here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Alan, obviously, with everyone kind of looking towards next season for the New York Islanders, it's I would be remiss to, to ask you, uh, as someone who's uh, kind of got the ear of John Ledecky, the owner of, of the team, I, I know next year is the 50th anniversary of the organization, and I'm sure there's a lot of, of things kind of being planned or in the works. I'm curious if you have any insight as to what could be in the works for the Islanders 50th anniversary and, and kind of too in that same vein. It's crazy to think the organization's now been around almost 50 years. Incredible. I, I think what they're going to do is bring the fisherman jersey back full time. <laughs> Don't rule it out. That, that, that's it. They're going, doing away with the traditional blue and orange and the fisherman is back. Um, New York Times just lost yeah, about sure, 800 subscribers. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there'll be... Uh, <laughs> Plenty of hoopla around the 50 uh, alumni-wise. John Ledecky loves bringing back the Islander greats, the Islander who, even Islanders that play the three games, come back. He loves uniting alumni, bringing them back with each other's uh, company. So I'm sure there'll be multiple events. It's been a couple of years since he's been able to do that. So Mm. that'll be, I'm sure, a big part of what goes on next year. I'm sure there'll be some special nights with alumni, 50th anniversary books will sure will be out all kinds of fun situations it is hard to believe 50 years 1972 doesn't seem that long ago uh in the grand scheme but but it is and all the homes they've had now they have an official home to start the season with and maybe an opening night game on for the first game of the season not the 14th (laughs) that would be nice that would be nice that that will help right there if they have a big big turnout uh, full house and all the greats from the cup years. And there's been just so much to celebrate for the franchise that they haven't had a chance to publicly do in, in enough uh, ways recently. I mean, the COVID situation is sort of it took the sales out of their great playoff runs. I mean, last year was, was yeah. great. It, it had the build up with the fans at the end. It was amazing, but summer before in a bubble, I mean, it, it, it's, it was something nice in the big picture that they were able to close out the Coliseum with that kind of run in that kind of a situation when the games they did the way they did at home at the end, they, again, they ended it as they did the first time they ended the Coliseum with a win <laughs> uh, in the playoffs in crazy fashion. So it, that stuff lives forever. And I, I know John Ledecky is, is, is very much in tune with what the fans want to see. So I'm sure there'll be a continuation of that for the 50th anniversary season coming up. 
Alan Crater from the New York Times and the Associated Press. Always appreciate you making some time for us and jumping on here, Alan. Thank you as always, and we obviously we can't wait to have you back on again real soon. Absolutely, yeah, sure. Anytime with you guys. Happy to do so. All right, Alan. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. You got it. We'll see you next time. Alan Crater, New York Times, Associated Press. Always good stuff here on Hockey Night in New York. Sean Cuthbert, Christian Arnold, with you as That's always. That's us. No, I, was tra- I was transitioning. You kind of ruined the moment, but it's fine. Whatever. I was, I was just I, helping you out there. Buddy. I, uh, I love Alan's prediction of bringing back the fisherman jersey full time. I think people, I think people's heads would explode. Bold. Yes. I, apparently, I heard, I heard this through through the uh, through the Twitter sphere that apparently, um, I guess it was someone asked about it at the town hall or yes. mentioned at the town hall. Yes. Apparently, all the uh, a majority of the people there did not like that idea at all. It was there's a, a boo. There was a clear majority minority <laughs> in that particular crowd. Yeah, I happen to be uh, lucky enough to be there for the town hall. And Lou did a great job. You didn't get much out of him. <laughs> that <sounds laughs> There's a lot of good questions. But Lou, being the, the tactful individual that he is, found a way to answer the questions well, but without giving much away at all. But he had a great sense of humor about it. He had a lot of fun. Shannon was very funny. They, they had a good great. rapport. They did a great job. But yes, there was the question about the, the fishermen coming back. And and it was actually the way the question was raised was kind of like, you know it was, it was pitched well you know the the young portion of the fan base Loves enjoys it, yeah. it as we've discussed many times here on the show and basically asking if it was going to come back and and he he was a little cheeky about it he says hey he's like you know our email address you know if you keep filling those those listen, email he's boxes a, he's a smart man he knows right. he knows how to, listen I mean Lou Lamarillo has dealt with everyone from reporters to fans for mm. three decades plus. The man knows how to sidestep a question. <laughs> he does. But the interesting thing was he, he didn't come out hard for or against it. I mean, he, he, has no, which, he has no dog in the fight. He doesn't. Well, look, I mean, he's the manager. He, he you know chimes in on these decisions. He ultimately helps to make these decisions. And everybody has to remember, as we've said here, it's, it's about making money. It's a business. I mean, you don't want to yeah. piss off your fan base. But at the same time, if there's money to be made, look, I think we're going to see some version of the version of the fish yeah, next year for the 50 year anniversary i think we're going to see something is it going to be they should what they should do for the 50th anniversary is the nhl should let them have thor like what however many iterations of the Islanders jersey they've had over the mm-hmm. last couple of years the nhl should have let them have as many as those did for the as their whatever retro reverse blah 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 <laughs> give me all your green money kind of thing jerseys mm-hmm. and just every game during the course of the season, you have the you wear the regular home jersey a couple nights. You wear the uh, the Halloween jersey a couple nights. You bring back the the disgusting, you know, like multicolored black, blue, orange. That's jersey. the one jersey I don't need to see. Um, again. That and the swimmy jersey. You bring back the Brooklyn jersey for a couple nights. Didn't mind you bring that the one. stadium series jersey back, and, like then, you, that and one. then you bring the fisherman jersey. Like, bring them all back. Well, I'd pretty, love to see that. That'd I'm be pretty. Pretty cool. sure Vancouver recently celebrated 50 years within the last few. And I think they did something similar. Where that would be awesome. They wore a couple of different jerseys from their past. Now, whether it was all of them or not, I can't say. But I know that like before they made the skate jersey, kind of yeah. put the, put it back into the rotation. They they wore it a couple times that season. Probably a cause for why it ended up back in the rotation. Right, right. It got popular, and people, but they're like, oh, can make money. Right, and I. But I think they also wore a couple of other jerseys from that from different eras as well. So I, yeah, I mean, they would be stupid not to do that. That would be great, and I think because then they can put them all on the racks. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah, pro shop, right. I mean, maybe limited runs, but I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it, someone's going to buy them. Some, somebody is Listen, going to buy them. There are people that wear the wear the ugly, fugly black 
orange, no, blue, that's the worst jersey gray, I've ever I think worn. Yeah. It by far. I mean, say what you will about the fisherman jersey, you detractors out there, but that jersey was by far the worst one they ever wore with the gray and the letters going. It was yeah. a complete disaster. Yeah. But I, listen, I think that'd be a cool idea. You you know, I, I think that's a it's a it's a it's an homage to your past and yes. Everything the Islanders have done because you can't just continuously acknowledge or honor the the eighty cup teams and and then pretend like the other you know what was that my math is not quick here but right. what thirty something years of Islanders history didn't exist right and and you know they had a little video plugging for like for next year for season tickets you know they're already yeah. plugging the fifty oh, year yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had a little you got intro. an email you said for yes it. so they had a little intro video yeah. on it and they showed a couple of clips from those years they had a policy goal wearing the fisherman jersey and everything so they're not ignoring it and yeah I think I think it's a foregone conclusion that we will see. Some representation of the fisherman jersey yeah, sure next year. Min. We'll just see yeah, sure to what to what extent yeah, sure that goes. Min. But yeah, yeah, as far sure as the time, min. got it. <laughs> but as far as the town hall goes, it was uh, the crowd was was very much against it. <laughs> but I think also the, the people in that audience were were a little older than younger. I think there was less. Yeah, I could imagine less twenty somethings and more forty well, to fifty something. As I would imagine, with the cost of of tickets, especially in the current climate. 20 somethings probably not affording season tickets as much as, you know, people in it their 30s sense. and 40s and 50s. It that, makes sense. You know. Right. So, I mean, but I, again, they're, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. And if they don't like the uh, the fisherman jersey, and, uh, you know, I get it. I understand mm-hmm. it. It, uh, you know, represents a very rough time within the organization, but so does yes. a lot of the other Islander jerseys, and you're still wrong, people. So it's fine. <laughs> Well, either way, it was it was great of Lou to do it. He didn't have to do that. He gave he gave a good amount of time, and he was asked about the roster. He was asked about plans for next season, and you know what he did at the deadline. I even think that was brought up. But but again, it was all you could all kind of just mush it into one answer, basically. <laughs> like I'm on it. Send, send, I, I, you have I know email. what's going I'll, I'll on. Get back to you. Well, he's like, I know what's going oh, on. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to take care of it. And what you may think we need isn't necessarily what we actually need. And and he actually defended the way that they play the game. And he talked about how they play a low-scoring, mm-hmm. defensive-minded style game. And he and he actually referenced the game the night before between the Oilers and the Flames, a 9-5 complete barnstormer right, that right, it was. Right. He says, look, you look at that game from last night, he said, if that's what you're looking for here, you're basically not going to get it. And he said, that's not the style that we, this organization has to play to win, to ultimately reach that goal of winning the Stanley Cup. Right. But he also recognizes that they need skill. They need offensive weapons. He knows that he know, without saying it, he knows that they need to improve on the defense. But yeah. again, he didn't cite anybody specific. <laughs> right. He didn't say I'm going to go get this guy. There was a lot of general. Go. Yes, absolutely. But he and he did also acknowledge that there were some guys that disappointed this season. Again, didn't say yeah. this guy sucked or that guy sucked. But he said, yeah, we had we had a, quite a few players in the team that didn't meet expectations this year, and we're going to evaluate what happens from now until the end of the season, yeah. and we're going to make decisions accordingly from there. So it was it was enjoyable. As you would expect. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I mean, he basically uh, said a lot of, I guess, what it sounds like similar things to what had been said on the media call that he had after the, the su- announcement of the signing mm-hmm. of, of Clutterbuck and, and Parisi. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it, there was anything surprising, as you said. I'm, I'm sure it was an entertaining event, and... You know, it's great that they did that. It's nice to see the Islanders doing that. And, yes. And kind of for the, for the people that, that help pay the bills and, um, you know, support the organization. Because as as bad as the team has been this year and, and kind of the ups and downs of this season, the building's still very full. Like, you know, you talk about, obviously, there's always going to kind of be that first year new building mm-hmm. kind of, oh, we're still going to go see the team. 
But even even in the current situation where the Islanders are basically out of the playoffs, this is this is kind of the time you would expect mm-hmm. a lot of people to go away. And uh, you know, I don't have the attendance figures in front of me, but well, the Islanders are still the, the crowd is still pretty lively at these games. They are having now been to several. They, I think I think yesterday year. was a sellout. If not, it was close. There was a lot of people in the audience yesterday. Right. But the season tickets are already bought; <laughs> they were sold out. Right, but you've you know? seen, but you've seen in years past. Well, true, true, because a lot of these, a lot of organizations. I know the NBA counts it um, tickets, tickets sold, not necessarily uh, not tickets mm-hmm. sold, tickets distributed, not even sold distributed, which is an even right. more callous way of doing this. And whole there's thing. literally no turnstile, so right. if, I mean, yes, so, they can count how many tickets are going boop on the little right, thing right. there. But I, I don't know if the NHL is as callous and and you know mm-hmm. kind of uh, devious with the way they they count attendance, but. Um, no, but I mean, having been at a lot of these games now and, and yeah. sitting in the stands and seeing the number of people there, I mean, it's a good crowd still. It's a very, a crowd that's very much into it and passion. And I mean, that's a credit to, to Islander fans as much as, you know, people want to get on them at times and, sure. and all these different things. But I mean, they're still supporting this team. And like I said, I get it's sort of the, uh, the new the new uh, toy glow that the arena still has <laughs> yes. for a lot of people, but right. at the same time, you know this is this is the point of the year when people have stopped coming usually. So give them credit where credits due. They're, they're still drawing a lot of people, and I think yes. you know part of that's been the re engagement and the success of the organization over the last couple of years. I think part of the part of that has been um, sort of the stewardship of, of John Ledecky and Scott Malkin and, and re engaging with the fans with a lot of these different little. Um, you know, events that they do and, and opportunities that they provide the season, season ticket holders. So good on them. Christian, an astute observation from you. Looking at the crowd, giving them credit. I like yeah. it. Yeah. What do you say we go to What's on Tap? I would love to go on to What's on Tap. Oh, well, I should raise the volume on the, on the sound first. Nice. There we go. <laughs> and now it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for What's on Tap. Christian, you are the tap man, so let us know what's porn. Hockey games. Hockey games Let's go. porn. What do you got? On Tuesday, the uh, tomorrow, the Islanders are travel to, for the first of a, a home and home, I guess you could say, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. Tuesday, they face the Columbus Blue Jackets. On the, on the road at uh, Nationwide Arena in mm-hmm. Columbus at 7 o'clock, uh, puck drop going to be a tough game for the islanders i'm sure you know they obviously want to kind of rebound off of those those two rough losses against boston and and, and tampa bay and and columbus is a team that's always a competitive organization especially when it comes to the way they play the islanders so sure um and then we'll see them again on thursday the 31st <laughs> yes. final day of the month they're yes. back at ubs arena uh to host the blue jackets this time around and then of course we're going to end the week on a friday the new york rangers Islanders, Madison Square Garden. Not a rescheduled game already on the calendar. And also a big night for Hockey Night New York because... View and party, R.J. Daniels. (laughs) That's right, buddy. We're going to be at R.J. Daniels Friday night, as Christian said. Another view and party at home base at R.J.D. We're going to go live at 6 o'clock, give you a little pregame show. Going to do the same same old deal. We're going to be raising money this time again for uh, Companions and Courage, the Pat LaFontaine fundraising uh sorry charity <laughs> and also we're gonna have our prizes raffles as we always do 50 50 mm-hmm. always a good time drive for five is gonna be there i believe we might have some friends from isles fanatics coming down too so a lot of great people coming down gonna be a lot of fun as it always is we recommend you join us too and just to round out the week the islanders do face the new jersey devils on sunday april 3rd at the rock four o'clock face off
there you go. So another busy week for the Islanders. Yeah, playing almost. I think they're playing every other night basically at this point. Almost, I think for uh, the last more than every other night. I mean, the, it's basically this way the rest of the season. The last few weeks, it's been yeah. like four games a week. It's basically be, doing every other night and then a back to back at the weekend, whether it's Friday, Saturday, right, right, or right. Saturday, Sunday, or whatever Which it is. Stays true next week when you have uh, a couple games like that, and then the, uh, yeah, pretty much yeah, the way down. So a lot going on for the Isles. A lot going on for Hockey Night New York. That was What's on Tap, brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. That's right, folks, and thanks to R.J. Daniels for sponsoring that wonderful segment. So we talked about the Lou Town Hall, yeah. talked about the deadline. Looks like you got something. I was going to say, I just want to remind everyone, still plenty of time to get in your questions for Questions Brewing, brought to you by our friends over at Oyster Bay Brewing That's Company, right. which we love. We and... Every week we answer your questions here live on the show. Throw them in the chat and we'll get to them later on in the program. And we'll also reveal the beer of the week that goes along with that segment. This is these are all true statements, Christian. Yes. You speak facts here, which is which is rare. So it's like I uh, it's like I pay attention every once in a while. Every once in a while. I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't say all That's all why the no time. no, that's why I uh, that's why I uh, said once in a while. Okay. All right. Very good. So I think we'll take a break here. I think we'll break for Hero of the Week. So I want to thank you all once again for tuning into twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. When we come back, the Hero of the Week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Hockey Night in New York presented by R.J. Daniels. And it is now time for the Hero of the Week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half price hero, which this week is 
The Celly, featuring grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. I am now famished. Woo. Yes, absolutely. So, without further ado, well, actually, no, get it for half off all week starting tomorrow. Going all the way to next week, where we will announce a brand new half price hero. Stop on into the Huntington location, Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Mention Hockey Night in New York and get half off the Selly. So, with that out of the way, I'm going to go first this time, pal. Great. <laughs> you sound really enthusiastic about it. And I'm going to go with none other than. Once again, two weeks in a row for me, Broccoli Rob Nelson. And I'm going to tell you why. Wow. Wow. Three assists versus the Ottawa Senators. Two goals <laughs> versus the Red Wings. And then, of course, big goal number 30 in a losing effort versus the Boston Bruins on Saturday. Gets his 31st yesterday against the Lightning. The man is on fire, lighting it up. And as I've been saying, the most consistent player on the New York Islanders. He is my... Hero of the week. Well, we're going to go a full two for two on this one then, I think. Brock Nelson, oh. also my hero of the week, for all the reasons you say that he's been on fire. I forgot to change his picture. I'm going to take it away. Wow. <laughs> nice <and laughs> so there you go, Brock Nelson. <laughs> See, this is what happens. Here's a little B uh, BTS behind the scenes. Ooh, for you folks. this is going to be good. Uh, usually, when Sean doesn't get a hero of the week for me before a certain point, in the day, he'll oh, we're going to reveal a, this information. Put a, he'll put a filler in. He'll put, he'll put a filler in, and usually it's it's Honors Lee or Ilya Sorokin or Brock Nelson. There's sort of a a, a rotation that we have, and for some reason, <laughs> even though I told Sean with plenty of time who my hero of the week was going to be, he did not change the picture. What are you talking about? He's right there. And now we have the correct. He's picture right there. In he was there the whole the time. box. Brock Nelson, my hero of the week as well. <laughs> uh, Sean hit it, hit the nail on the head there with the reasons why this man deserves to be the Islanders uh, hero of the week. And really, I mean, there's an argument you could say he could be the MVP of the season. Oh, I think he's, there's a very good argument for that. So, I, I mean, you look at the way he's played this year, look at the way he's played even, even in, a, in sort of an ugly week, like the Islanders have had this week. And, and he's basically had a hand in just about everything that went right on the ice for the yeah, Islanders. He did. Uh, in all four games, uh, you know, even the losses there. So it's hard to find someone else that's had a better week or more, more deserving week of this nomination than, uh, than Brock Nelson. Well, Andrews Lee was the placeholder for you because he actually had a really good week too. So just in case you were going to divert. I threw him in there, but yeah, I guess I guess I probably should have corrected it when you told yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, going, I bro. told you yeah, a while you, ago. You did. That's yeah. all right. You know what? Honestly, more happen. goals than John Tavares, apparently, according to T-Boyle 13. Oh, there you go. Okay. And and Miller Armenia, 22, over Sorokin. So she obviously wants to debate the MVP of the season. She thinks maybe it could be Elias Sorokin, which I also think would be a nominee. If you pick three finalists, yeah. those are two of your three. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. Not sure who the third one is, but... Us. You know. No, Noah Dobson would be my third. Us. Us, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here of the season, here, here of the, the year. season. <laughs> who, who, who kept you through? Who got you through Islanders therapy every week? We did. It, I mean, it's in the description. That's right. <laughs> so, folks, and if it's said on, it's said on the air. It must be true. Exactly. It's it's on tape now. So there you have it. The once again unanimous hero of the week, Broccoli Nelson, getting his third and thirty first goals, getting points in every game this week. He has been an Fuego, and remember, Phenomenal. stop in to the Huntington location of Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Yeah. Mention us, Please. Hockey Night in New York. Get half off the celly. Thanks to Blue Line Deli. Thanks to you. For oh, being you're here. welcome. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, why not? Well, why not? Thank you. Thank you too, Sean, for setting all of that up. 
<laughs> no problem. <laughs> Flawlessly, as as I often do. Actually, you know, you know, I'm surprised you're hero of the week. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about this yet. What's that? Richard Panic. Richard Panic. Who's that? Thomas Panic. Thomas Panic. Who are those? Oh, Thomas Panic. Yes. Thomas Panic. Yes. Thomas Panic. Going to Chicago. Yeah, not the Blackhawks though. Not the Blackhawks. Not the Chicago the Black- Wolves. Yeah. What's that about? Well, they did that to Hickey, too. They sent him to uh, another organization's uh, minor league affiliate. I mean, they also, you know, I guess these are guys that are not getting a lot of ice time down there in the AHL, Mm -hmm. and and those are places that are going to give them some opportunities to play games. Um, You know, I think that's sort of what the situation is right now. And Mm -hmm. I I haven't looked at the numbers of the the stat line for a lot of these games, but I imagine that Thomas Panik and and, uh, Thomas Hickey have not been getting that confused me. (laughs) Because it's Richard Panic, obviously. Well, we have trouble with names. Here. Um, no, but Panic obviously is not. I don't think gotten much. Must not have gotten a lot of ice time, and which is why they'd send him to Chicago. Thomas Hickey, the same thing with uh, why they would send him elsewhere. I forget where they sent him though. That's okay. That's, I want to say Abbotsford, but I don't think that's right. Maybe it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't think anybody tuned into the show tonight, well, with with the intention of finding out where Thomas Hickey was was sent to. So I think we're good. I think maybe, we're fine. Maybe Thomas Panic, but. Everybody wants to know where Thomas Panic is going to go. But yes, interesting. I wonder if that means anything at all. Maybe they're making room for somebody else. Who knows? Uh, I actually saw the Bridgeport Islanders, I I think, are fighting for playoff spots. They have been winning as of late. I think they're they're in the playoff hunt in the AHL. Well, maybe maybe tonight would have been a good good night for the uh, Bridgeport report. Uh, (laughs) We said we've been going to do all We did say we were going to do that every now and then. (laughs) We kind of... Balked on that one. Are you trying to bring up the website right now so you can give us some give us some answers there? I just because I can delay. I would. I just wanted to see where the <laughs> Islanders were in the standings when it came to the Bridgeport, uh, the AHL. I'm still not fully used to them being called the Bridgeport Islanders. Yeah, it's weird. I'm still um, on the Sound Tigers. So I, someone, I, I don't remember how the playoffs work with this. <laughs> with this, but I see the Islanders are in the sixth in their division. That sounds. Okay. At 27 and 25, they're a hair above 500. Doesn't sound that great. Uh, 27, 25, and 6. Okay. Yeah, they have 64 points. Mm-hmm. No one's, uh, someone's got to hit. Someone's got to answer my question in the chat. Well, maybe nobody else is paying attention either. I also saw a piece from Molly Walker today that the Islanders have won are, are one of four teams that are vying for a uh, college player right now. I think he was playing yeah. for Boston U. You are so wrong, and if she heard you say that, she'd be so mad at you. Kids from UMass. UMass. There we go. See, UMass. I, I, I recovered. I recovered. UMass. Now, do you remember the gentleman's name? He's, he's Long Island born. He grew up a big Ranger Satoket. fan. Satoket. Yes, he's from, uh, I forget if it was from East Satoket or if it I know, was from. I know his last name regular starts Satoket. with a V. <laughs> but I don't um, remember what it is But exactly. you're thinking of Bob. It does not start with a V. Uh, Bobby, v is in Victor. It still doesn't talk, start with a V. Maybe a Y. Uh, <laughs> Bobby Triv. There's a V in there. Trivgano. Uh, who's right. from UMass, who's been one of their shining stars. <laughs> Molly Walker of the New York Post reporting exclusively that he uh, that the Islanders, Rangers, Panthers, and Predators are of the final teams that will um, be are vying for his services well, where he could I would up. I would say, yes, he, Melamedia, thank you. He played for the Junior Islanders, which is interesting. I don't know if that's going to factor in or not because, look, I'm going to say the Rangers are the front runners anyway because they always seem to be with these college players for one and for two. He grew up a Ranger fan. I mean, he has, an, he has an opportunity to live the dream here, so I would give the Rangers the upper hand on this. But look, Lou, Lou's a magician. You never know what he can do. But he looks like a promising young player. He went undrafted. He's a senior. I think he's like 23, 22, 23 years old. Thank you very much. 
And uh, hey, look, if it's another guy you can put in the system, who knows? You never know what can happen. Yeah, I, I mean, from all also, UMass hockey has become one of the powerhouses in college hockey. I, I mean, I think I think I have to by law say that uh, if we ever want to. Mike four six five two co with the comment of the night. The college kid's name is Vobson. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, it's a Nobson. I should have went with that. Oh, that was. Fun. <laughs> but uh, you know, UMass hockey, one of the up and coming. Not even one of the. I mean, they're coming off a national championship. Uh, Cal Maker, who's who's had a phenomenal career since t- making the jump from UMass to Colorado and, and really taking the, the NHL by storm out there. Um, you know, he's this kid seems like another promising talent that mm. kind of got looked over and, and will have a bone to pick once he gets to the NHL. And listen, I mean, if the Islanders are in the mix, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, especially now under, under the circumstances that everything's going on, I, mm. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that they, I would automatically jump to the Rangers being um, one of the organizations that might immediately uh, kind of win those sweepstakes too. When you look at some of the other teams that are also in the running, Florida is great option. hundred yeah. percent. I think be right up there, um, you know, with the Rangers as far as destination, the Islanders too. Listen, I think it the ain't long- 25 degrees in Florida right no. now. I'll tell you that. I will say too, I will say though, as a long Island kid, I, I think there is some, I think there's some draw to playing for the Islanders as well. I think the one drawback would always be kind of their slow integration of younger players. And I think when you're, when you're vying for some of these guys, the one thing they're going to look at too is how quickly am I going to make the NHL jump? Right. Um, you know, with the Rangers, there's a possibility. Florida, I would imagine there's a possibility. Same thing with Nashville, just not knowing um, as in depthly as kind of their their um, integration, not knowing as in depth their integration process for for younger players. With the Islanders, we do know that Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz like to take their time, specifically Lou Lamorello, who um, you know has been on record in the past saying he. he he sees that he thinks that a lot of players get jumped, thrown right into the mix before they're ready. Whether mm. that's, you know, agreeable or not is is you know up for debate. But, um, you know, that's kind of his process and, and the way he runs his organizations, and that's been very true with the Islanders. So that might be the one thing if you're looking at teams you're going to go to. Maybe that's a factor that I say, hey, like I don't know if this is going to be the right spot for me because I want to play every day. I want to be in the lineup. I think that's a good point, and I think it ultimately comes down to a combination of that locale comfortability with the organization, Mm -hmm. what they may or may not do for you, maybe dollar signs. It's a combination of everything. All of it. But for a guy who was completely off my radar, if the Islanders don't get him. Because I had to look up his name. Life goes on. (laughs) Truth be told, I didn't even know this this was a possibility until I saw Molly's piece. It piqued my interest. I took a look. So if they get him, great. If not, they're just going to have to figure something else out. Over the summer. But nice that they're in the Final Four, I guess. Yeah, yeah right? I guess. <laughs> Consolation prize, right? Oh, right. Okay, so why don't we do this? Well, maybe that... Oh, yeah. oh. No, I was no gonna go say, ahead. Well, maybe that helps them, too. The Islanders now kind of have the, are in that stretch of the season, too, where they're just throwing everybody out there. So maybe maybe their sell is, hey, we can get you ice time this year. And if you impress us, we'll get you ice time next year. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Not a bad thought. Mostly bad, Christian, but not not a bad one this time. It's time for Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. That's right, folks. It's time for Questions Brewing, my personal favorite segment of the show. Interesting beer choice this week. Brought to you by, well, they started pushing it themselves, actually, so I figured why not do it here. Brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their sweet, delicious summer peach 
starting to get warmer, except for this week. But it is starting <laughs> yeah, to get warmer theoretically in the spring. So that's what they tell us. <laughs> it's time to get yourself ready for the delicious summer peach. And also, guys, remember if you use promo code HNINY at oysterbaybrewing.com, you get 15% off everything they're selling over there, whether it's merchandise, glassware, you can actually get beers themselves delivered. So use HNINY. Get 15% off. Get yourself some merch. Get yourself some libations. Nice. Right? So, Christian. I could go for something right now. I'm let's thirsty. <laughs> There's no water in my cup, and I went to take a sip. Oh, that was poor guy. very, very. Uh, hey, hey, Trotty A19. We don't mention other other brewing companies in our in our chat here. This is exclusively. That's right. Uh, uh, That's right, Trotty. Bay Brewing Company <laughs> territory. Man. Mind your tongue Man. your keyboard. All right. What do you uh, got? Question Brewing. Shawnee, we'll start with our. Boy, T Boyle 13. Question boy. Bre- <laughs> question brewing. Uh, with the season over, do you see Sorokin getting shut down for the year? We uh, kind of touched on that a little bit earlier with Alan. I know, but we didn't give our opinions. That's true. Well, given that I have no idea what happened to him, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do. But I think, as, as Alan kind of talked about on the segment, if it's anything near serious or that needs maintenance, mm. if you will, I mean, there's no harm. There's no harm in shutting them down longer than maybe you would have planned if they were in the mix, right? Yeah. If he needs a couple extra days, weeks, what have you, let him take a break. You know, whenever he's ready. So I think I think if it's something they do need to be precautionary about, they absolutely will shut him down. Let Corey Schneider ride into the sunset for the rest of the season, backing up Semyon Varlamov. And, you know, that's fine by me. I don't there's there's absolutely no reason to rush him back. If he if he gets health and he says coach and ready to play, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right because he leaves the third period in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning the other day. Um, the Islanders are describing it as an upper body injury. He apparently took multiple pucks to the off the mask during the second period, mm. um, which may Maroon can, got him good, right? Snapped so his, maybe that maybe that's what people are thinking, or, or, mm. or sort of maybe the clue to what's been going on. I, I'm with Sean. I'm with Allen on this. You know, I think that when you look at how the Islanders are going to handle this? Ultimately, it's going to come down to all right. Was this a is this a somewhat kind of sort of serious injury, or is this kind of a thing where he's out for a couple games and then he's back, um, or you know he's out. He really would only be out for a couple games, and you don't need to really be as precautious. Um, I think that's what it's come come down to. I think if it's anything close to being even remotely serious, maybe you you're just cautious and you shut him down. But yeah. if it's nothing, then I think you kind of just go all right. That's it. Like the Islanders didn't practice today. We'll get more of an idea tomorrow when mm-hmm. they when they have availability in the morning when Barry Trotz addresses the media. Um, before the game in Columbus, we'll have probably have some sense of what's going on. I mean, this is the Islanders, so maybe we'll have like a sense of not some, but a, a sense. <laughs> right. Um, right. They'll, they'll describe, they might say his name. They'll describe <laughs> it as a body injury at that point. It's, it is, a, you know, this is the NHL. It's very not specific when it comes to injuries. So we'll we'll see. Um, but I think that's I think that's kind of the underlying feeling, at, uh, at least among Sean, myself, and, and Alan Crater, is that if it's somewhat serious, they'll shut him down. If it's not serious, we'll probably see him back in a game or two. Christian with you 100%, and it appears we have a birthday coming up in the chat. Trottier, 19, celebrating his 89th birthday on Wednesday. That's wow. a joke. No, I'm kidding. He is celebrating his birthday. I don't know how old he's going to be, but he uh, he's, he said it's going to be his birthday Wednesday. So a little uh, pretty happy birthday there, buddy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Very happy birthday. Well, early birthday anyway. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, question <laughs> no. What we- <laughs> What's the opposite of a belated birthday? Happy early birthday. Just early birthday. Yeah. There's no there's no special word. No, no, no. That's too bad. Maybe we should make one up. We'll figure that out. 
We, we are good that. at making up words. We love making Thompson, shit up. Yeah. Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Thomas. Thomas. Panic. Thomas Panic. Yeah. Um, and people's names. Um, question <laughs> Brewing. CGS878. Question Brewing. Do you guys believe the party line that this same lineup will uh, contend and Islanders make the playoffs with, the few, with few changes? Oh, I understand what you're saying. The party line as in like what the organization has been continuously saying. Right. So I think that there are going to be minimal changes, but I do think the changes that are made will be significant. I don't think there's going... I mean, this is pretty simple math here. No, 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 but it was, I don't it was th- a, sort of a contradictory <laughs> statement. I think there are going to be minor changes, but they'll be significant. I didn't say minor. I said minimal, as oh, in not oh, many oh. changes, but the changes that they make will be impactful. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so with that said, I'm about to Will Smith you in a second. That would be entertaining. That would the ratings would go through the roof. <laughs> Everybody's gonna watch the Oscars next year, man. I will not still. Oh no, I won't either. I think it's a complete waste of time. I said it on Twitter last I know, night. I saw. It was, it was a great moment. I'm glad I could see it on social media and not have to watch the actual show. <laughs> right. Great. That's it's it. the best. And and it did it's take up a lot of time. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Is it real? Did they stage yeah. it? It was wild. People watch that thing. I'm like still uncomfortable f- thinking about it. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Broke it down frame by frame. But everybody's going to be watching next year now. Yeah. Everybody. I won't. Christian won't. No, but, but anyway. Christian but yeah, really. if you do it here, I mean, buddy, I mean, we might finally pass <laughs> spitting chicklets <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on the charts. But, but to keep it back to the question that I'm almost forgetting. No, I don't think they're going to make a lot of moves numbers-wise, but I think the moves that they make are, are going to have an impact on the team, whereas they make an impact free agent signing for the top six, mm-hmm. let's say. Whether it, whether it's, you know, the dreams are made and they get a Philip Forsberg, but maybe somebody, you know, not too far from his rung. Maybe you don't get the first guy you want, but maybe you get somebody else's available. There's a couple of decent names out there. Maybe there's somebody they can snag on free agency, and, and this is a test that we, we kind of alluded to, too, where we'll see if they can really be more of a major player when it comes to higher echelon free agents or right. if they continue to get passed by in that regard and i also think there's going to be a trade or two made but i don't think there's going to be much more than that but again i think i think whatever those deals are are going to improve this team to to a point where i mean look this is the hope but i think that the goal is going to be to to get deals made where you you get that top four left-handed defenseman hopefully they get another decent bottom pairing defenseman on the left side to pair with mayfield because, look, I, I think you you got to get a top four guy to, to play with Dobson. It's one thing to have him play with Andy Green, Zdeno Chara, obviously mostly Chara this year. Mm. But we can't have that again next year. <laughs> we cannot. No, I agree with you. There has to be somebody that is closer to his level or at least a nice stay-at-homer. Right. You know what I mean? That can, that can compliment him. 100%. Right? And then you look at the bottom bottom pairing, and you got to have somebody there next to Mayfield. It doesn't have to be another world, world beater, but maybe maybe the guy who... Who pairs, you know, next to May- Mayfield is more of a puck mover because Mayfield's more of your defensive stalwart, right. more of your PK, right? Right, right, right. So hopefully they can find some complimentary guys for this, but I think those moves are going to be made. They're definitely going to be pursued, but I don't think there's going to be an overhaul. I mean, look, they literally have all of their forwards essentially signed for next year. Mm. Are they all going to be there? I don't think so. We'll, we'll find out. I think Anthony Bavillier could be a trade chip. I think to a lesser degree, Josh Bailey could be a trade chip. Do I think he's going? No. But I could see that if they need to clear that, if that cap space. They may need to find somebody to clear that cap space with. And if they're not going to do it with Varlamov, they're going to have to find somebody else to do it with. But either way, minimal moves, higher impact. I like your optimism, Sean. I think that is ideally what should happen with the Islanders this, this season. But I am 
more uh I approach it with a more cautious eye, I guess you could say. I don't okay. I think I I don't know. I like I kind of said back before when we we're talking about the the Cal Clutterbuck signing. To me, that's where the worry is. That the that's the signing kind of lines up with what Islanders front offices have done in the past, which is kind of including this one, which is kind of rely and, and bring in those guys that are um, you know, quality guys, you know, locker room guys mm-hmm. and that only gets you so far. And I'm concerned again that by by signing a Cal Clutterbuck, they're gonna kind of re recommit to essentially the team that they have now like they've done in the past they have made few changes that have been impactful and that's what you need to see again you need to see like you're alluding to someone that can be that puck moving defenseman you need to see a score somewhere in that top six uh that can complement a wallstrom and a a barzal um you know that can take some of the pressure off of brock nelson and Andres Mm -hmm. lee to be some of your top scorers Uh, right i think that's ultimately what you need to see i just don't know if I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of that's what's going to happen now, you know what I mean? Mm. That's, I think where my hesitancy is coming from. It's that we're, we're kind of giving them, we've been giving them the benefit of the doubt and they've earned it the last couple of years for, for two, three years, the Islanders went to the playoffs. They've exceeded expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they go out and they make the conference finals twice. And now when everyone has the expectations on them, they don't come anywhere close. And I understand. I understand that there are extenuating circumstances, yeah. right? And we've talked about that for so long. But I think at the end of the day, my ability to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt is pulled back a little bit because now, now your now my expectation is not only just all right. You have to exceed people's expectations, but you're now expected to be a top team in this league. Mm-hmm. You got to act like it. You got to you got to play like it. So. I, I'm curious to see how the offseason shakes out. I don't know if I would say it's a party line, um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm more cautious with my optimism towards how this offseason's going to go. And that's fair. That's fine. But they, they've, they're they very, very forward about the fact that this is a win-now team. This is a team that's supposed to be striving for a Stanley Cup, which is why I think that they're going to at least give it their best shot to add the pieces they need to get themselves back to <laughs> where they were supposed to be this year. And you got a lot of people in the chat banging the uh, Nicoletti drum. And the Leo Komarov drum. Well, that's a little more facetious. I but I could actually... Look, we, we discussed Letty. I, I mean, again, depending on... Not who the worst idea It's not. World, it's it's but really it should not. not. Be, it sh- obviously shouldn't be plan A or B. It should be like plan C. You never... Look... Maybe you get him back to play the left side. Well, no, they were kind of a disaster together. I was going to say you could put him with Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, they were not, not good. good together. That's right. But who knows if they're a third pair, though? Because that was like you had Letty Mayfield. They were playing more minutes as a second pairing back then. But who knows? I don't know. Look, we could speculate up, down, left, and right. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if Nick Letty came back. We don't, Do we even know how he would be com- uh, paired up with Noah Dobson? That could end up being a good pair. You get the puck moving from Letty. You get the cannon from the point. From Noah Dobson, he can move the puck and pass as well. You never know. But we got a lot of months to worry about who that's going to be, but wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. T-Boyle sneaking back into questions. Bro, and here, do you see Atu Ratu in the Islanders lineup next season? Next season? I don't. I don't. I don't. I I, look, I, I don't know how much develop how much more development he needs before he's an NHL caliber player. But unless he just has an absolutely tremendous training camp. I also don't see him making the jump right from overseas to NHL. Right. I just don't. 
Yeah, and especially given this franchise and how they how they handle players. But I, I don't see uh, a route to the team, especially on opening night, for sure. And maybe he's a guy who gets in there injuries down the line. Mm. But again, he has to impress a camp. He has to be playing well. I think he's a guy who might take a little more time. It, it sounds like from what I've seen on Twitter and whatnot, uh, you have TCO Mitch over at what, Eyes on Isles? No, is he at Eyes on Isles? Mitch? I think he's at Eyes on Isles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eyes on Isles. He, he actually has great coverage of, of the prospects of this he's team. He's very plugged in. He's yeah, very plugged in big time. There. And he's he's actually been helping me get my fill on, on Roddy. Yeah. Roddy um, and uh, it sounds like he's having a good year. After He got dealt earlier in the year to yes. another team, yeah, yeah. and he's playing a lot better. So it's good. He's, 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 he's trending in the right direction, but I don't think he's a guy who ends up on this team to, to, certainly to start next year and maybe not next year at all. Question brewing from the birthday boy, Trotty A19. Uh, question brewing, is UBS Arena cursed? Nothing has <laughs> gone right since they moved here. Pulak and Varley were injured. COVID outbreak, weeks-long L streak. Gillies, Gillies, Bossy, Gene Potvin, oh. now Sorokin, Trotz, Ledecky, Brock injured. Butch missing announcing. Wow, he really, <laughs> he really went through the gam- gamut of uh, of everything that went wrong this year. I joked heavily in the beginning about UBS Arena being cursed because they couldn't win in the building for was it the first seven games or whatever it was. Yeah. I was knock it all down, <laughs> experiments over. No, it's not cursed, and they they just won before the Tampa game. They won six in a row there, if I remember. So I believe it was six. So they've they've kind of. Exercise the the UBS demons as far as the performance on the ice goes, and look it, it, with any new building, it's going to take time to to get settled in, make it feel like home. Even as a fan, right? I mean, how long did it take all you guys going to the building to really start getting comfortable, being like, yeah, this feels normal, this feels like where I go to watch Islander games, right? Like it was foreign, at least for me, for a little while, you know, mm-hmm. walking into that place, and you know, only over the last you know month or two or whatever you want to say. Was where I was really like, okay, this is starting to feel familiar. You know, mm-hmm. this is starting to feel like home, and and I'm sure it's similar for the players and whatnot too. And that's just as far as their routines go, and as far as maybe just getting used to the ice and yeah, you know, the quirks and the boards and stuff like that. I mean, those are obviously much more minor things. But look, I think this arena has many more great memories to come. It's only the first one. It got off to a slow start, but uh, I think it's going to be a magical place. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. Tear the place down. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, no, I don't think it's cursed. I think as, as Sean, a lot of bad things have happened though. Yes, we'll, as we'll Sean, yeah, but I mean, I, I think uh, I think a lot of that that stuff is sort of compounded by all everything that's kind of going on, right? I mean, it, it, mm. you know, what's the old saying? When one when it rains, it pours. So it seems mm. like everything goes wrong all at once. And yeah, listen, you know, I mean. The season has gone awry for sure, um, but also you got to look at it this way. The Islanders, I, I think even even with the season going the way it has, the one thing you can say is the Islanders got one of their biggest victories that they've the organi- for the organization in probably in its 50-year run, almost near 50-year run as an organization. The absolute biggest. Uh, and that's just getting an, a permanent home in a building that will not be outdated by next year and um, you know, a secure place where, you know, it's world-class for the players and world-class for the fans. Um, and I think that's sort of the biggest takeaway you got you to gotta look at this year. So, no, I don't think it's cursed. I think, uh, you know, I think it's, it's Fair come to with some growing though. pains. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know someone else, I kind of I kind of glossed over it. I don't think it was a questions brewing, but I know someone asked, did, did, someone, did, they, did they bury a Ranger jersey or something? 
in the that was that was mentioned that was out there in the social media. Yeah, one I mean, also if that could have could have just been people messing around, but who, it could have happened. Also, but also, if you think that's uh, would really dictate the <laughs> right. the wins and losses right. and and the direction of a season, I I, uh, I also have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn if you want. Just give me a call. But uh, but no, I don't think the building is cursed. And finally, if we don't have any more questions brewing from the chat, I'll hit this final one here from Mel Armenia twenty two. Mel, good to have you back. I know you missed last week. Question brewing. Do the refs just hate Kyle Palmieri? They take away his goals and penalties are uncalled for. No pun intended. Well, it could be that. Or Kyle Palmieri could just be prone to taking penalties. Mm. And uh, I think that's more the case than anything else. I don't think there's a personal thing between the officials and Kyle Palmieri. The guy has made a habit out of taking penalties and... and a little, far, a little too many in the offensive zone that I've noticed. And, and look, not every call was was deserved. There's definitely some where I'm like, what are you talking about? Shouldn't have been called. But there's some where I was like, yeah, hard to argue that. Probably should go to the back box, Kyle. <laughs> and, uh, and, and also, he's, he's, he's been at the, uh, the crappy end of the, the goals being called back. I joked on Twitter the other day about he, he might be leading the league in, in uh, disallowed goals this year. He's had quite a few. Yes, that um, certainly seems to be the case. And apparently, side note, I, I missed a question, so I'm just throwing it from in Mike. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went back and found it, but yeah, I don't. I don't think the refs hate Kyle Palmieri. Um, a, I think he's just like one of the nicest people in in, in the game. Uh, and, and two, as as you said, Shawnee, I don't think that refs particularly have a person they hate on the ice. I think I think there's players that earn reputations with referees. Yeah, I'm sure. But where I don't think Kyle Palmieri is that player, right? I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's he's gotten under the ref skin where they 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 seek it out. But there definitely are players who earn different reputations. Whether they're always yapping at the refs or whether they're maybe embellishing more than they should be. There's certain guys out there that I think maybe have a different threshold of when the ref is. You know, going to be trigger happy with the with the whistling. I'm not saying that they're biased or they're they're right. they're gunning for I, these guys, but I think there might be guys that they're willing to give more of the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe maybe a guy who you say, "What the hell? Where was the tripping call?" But it's a guy who maybe earned a reputation that doesn't usually you know take penalties or whatever it is, and sometimes they get the benefit of the doubt. Or you know, if it's Sidney Crosby, they just won't call it. I'm kidding. But, I mean, <laughs> we Are look you, at no. things that way, too. Well, uh, listen, I mean, Islander fans still convinced the refs hate them. Penguins fans are Every convinced the refs, fan, refs teams hate fans. them. There's no teams fan that's like, man, the, yeah. the refs really treat us well. Yeah. Which no. is actually, honestly, when you think about it, that's probably a good thing. If you're an NHL official, you got to feel good that every team's fan base probably hates you. That's one way to and look you, at it. Doing, it's universal. And you're doing your job well. Sure. Uh, this So this was Mike 4652 Co's question that I did apparently uh, skip over, so I do apologize about that. Mike, um, question Bruin. Let's speculate. Is Chris Lamorello a legacy to be the next Isles GM, or would ownership go another direction? I don't think it's guaranteed. No. I think they're going to pick the right man for the job. I don't think there's going to be any sort of, uh, they're being loyal to Lou, they're going to give his son a chance or anything like that. If they actually feel that he's the next guy in line to take over the Islanders GM job, mm -hmm. he'll get it. I personally don't think he's going to. I think it's going to be somebody else, whenever that is. But no, I don't think that's a guarantee. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these guys are, when I see these guys, I mean, ownership is... is you know, a group that does their due diligence and in fairness to them, you know, John, John Ledecky and Scott Malkin did what about a year's worth of, of kind of talking to people and trying to figure out, uh, you know, when it came to just, 
just putting together an arena. Um, and, you know, I think when you look at the opportunities and, and the people that they've they've talked to and, and I guess tried to, to bring into the organization, I would imagine the same kind of kind of attention to detail. And it's not just going to be, oh, Chris Lamorello has been with right. the organization for this long. Right. He deserves to be the general, general manager. Because I think if that was the case, then maybe – you know, maybe the not even not even if that was the case in 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 with the Islanders, but if that was the case, let's say somewhere else, when when he have been on the radar for a general manager position that have been open, I was just gonna say that um, actually because when you look at the number of GM positions that have been open over the last couple of years, you would imagine if if Chris Lamarell and I'm not having I'm not his, knocking him of course, or anything like that, of course, but you never hear his name as one of the top candidates or, or or all these things. So maybe maybe he just enjoys the position he has, and maybe that you know it's where he wants to be, and he feels he's the best asset for any organization. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know the full story, but. I don't think that it's a it's a given that Chris Lamarillo as soon as J, uh, Lou, Lou says all right no, I'm I don't done think so. um, yeah exactly I don't I don't think it's coming I yeah. don't think that's the the way it's going to be an automatic given also I don't think as as I think you said to me early before the show you know Lou Lamarillo still still sharp as a tack so. oh my god yes he, I mean he's not going anywhere he's not he's not he was great at that town hall he was yeah. he was cracking jokes he was funny he, he's not going anywhere until he's ready. To take a rest, he's he's gonna stick around, and he's still got the chops. So I got no problem with that. And and, and we had one snuck in without the questions brewing preface, but Trotty nineteen wanted to know. I'll throw this one at you. Are we gonna see Robin Sala before the season's over? Uh, we talked about this a week or two. I don't though. think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. I don't think so. Maybe if there's another injury, but I don't think so. Otherwise, right? You but got so Grant Hutton up right now, who looked yeah. all right yesterday. Yeah. Well, that, that should have been your indication, too. You have an injury to Scott Mayfield, and, and the first play they call up was Grant Hutton and not Right not side. Salo. The right side. Still. Right. I mean, you're, play, you got, you're playing with house money at this point. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. I don't think so. And I, I don't think it's a big deal if we don't, honestly. I don't play in Bridgeport. Big deal. Wow. So you hate Robin Salo. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that's how, that's, that's how you saw that. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, with Allen, you brought up the Rangers and how successful they're being. So clearly, you're a closet Ranger fan, and then now you hate you hate Robin Salah too. What a- <laughs> That's right, notorious closet Ranger fan <laughs> and hater of Robin the Bird Salah. Yeah, nobody calls him that. Robin the Bird. He's a, Robin is a bird. I know, but it just doesn't. Robin the Bird. Robin the Bird. It sounds like the bird's name. Birdie Robin. No. <laughs> Robin Birdie Salah. I think you just need to let this one go. Um, I'm having fun. I don't, it was you not know, good. Whether you are or not, it doesn't matter. I'm having a good time. No, no, no. It's just no. It's just uh, not good. It's not one of your better. That's, that's well, not one opinion. of your better blunders. I'm I'm okay with it. <laughs> better blunders. <laughs> well said. Nobson well, was great. What was the other one that you had the other week? I don't remember. We tried to remember this last week. Actually, that might have been you. No, you you had one when we were at the Marriott. I always have one, and we forgot. Anywhere. And we forgot what it was. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously the, the big winners this year are Nobson and Thomas, and Panic. Thomas Panic. So that's one for one. I, I, I did Nobson. You did Thomas Panic. We haven't seen Thomas Panic in the chat. Well, obviously cause maybe he's, he's just lurking. Chicago. Maybe maybe he's not chatting. Well, he's traveling to Chicago. That's so true. He's, he's a big supporter. Funny. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you know, sometimes you take a night off. What are you going to do? Are you talking about me? And, or no, I'm the, talking about Thomas Panic. Oh, Bannick. okay. <laughs> I'm talking like, about Thomas Panic. I was like, jeez, dude, I'm here. Follow along, man. Jeez. Um, Yes, it uh, looks like we have a couple of people that think that Hutton played pretty well last year. I wonder where, where he falls in this depth chart. Grant Hutton for plays, the people listen. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, I wonder where he, he falls in this depth chart, if he has a chance of maybe um, being a future Islander. But, I, again, the right side, and they, the right side showed up. Maybe a seventh defenseman one day. But, um, you know, he looked all right yesterday. 
playing well. Need to see more, but he looked all right. Sebastian Ajo, not looking all right. (laughs) And I think that's why we saw Grant yesterday. And and I think the last time we talked about Ajo, I wasn't aware of the fact that he was going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. We we talked about potentially. I don't think many people were because it only came up. I think Ethan Sears from the New York Post brought Mm -hmm. it to the social media sphere. Uh, It must have been after we did that show, obviously, because Ethan Ethan listens every week. Of course. You know, we help God. We help. Like we help else. set the. We help set the agenda when it comes to Islanders media coverage. So. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but yeah, but I think that. But uh, yeah, I don't think many people knew that because it caught a lot of people by surprise, and I think that it kind of changes the way you look at things too when it comes to Sebastian Aho. Because at this point, uh, is he someone you're willing to be like? All right, we, we're good with you. Just kind of peace, bro. I think that's what's going to happen. They're just going to let the man walk. Peace, bro. And if they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny, but they, they like to keep a lot of people around. Yeah. But no, I think they let him walk. And if, if, if they have to sign him, that means they probably didn't get the defenseman that they, they need. But who knows? You know what? But though he could get like a, a minor league deal. They could just give him a Bridgeport deal. Say, hey, you could stay in the organization, but we're good. I know, but is he going to want to do that? You know, is he going to say like. He, he, I, he probably I, wants a fresh start. He's going to go. I'm, I think there's an organization I can go to and, and give, get another opportunity to maybe succeed there. So I, I, don't, I don't know if he'll be keen on the idea of a uh, Bridgeport con- or an AHL contract with the Islanders yeah. organization. So. Well, we'll see. It's, it's probably his final days. Definitely an interesting tidbit to uh, keep an eye on as we go into the offseason. Indeed. So does that cover questions brewing? It does. Well, then we get to hear this magical man's voice. That was Questions Brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. You guys sound oddly similar. I practiced imitating him off off the show. Love Oyster Bay Brewing Company. And yeah. The, uh, Summer Peach. Summer Peach. It's going to be great. Summer dreams. I really dislike that man's voice. He's, he's not only has a great voice, he's a great man, that person. I yeah. can tell you I otherwise. Can, I can vouch for him. I can vouch mm. for him. Interesting. So, so Christian, I think, I think we can wrap it here. I think we're good to go. I'll ask you like I, I, I often do at the end of the show. Do you Easter. have anything to add? Do you have anything you want to just sign off with here maybe something brilliant unlikely anything that you can contribute to the end of the show are you just ready to go you ready ready to call it a night well obviously the nhl general managers are down in florida right now enjoying this (laughs) sunshine those (laughs) bastards enjoying the nice weather Mm, yeah i know know, they always pick you notice they never pick like minnesota or or toronto to have these meetings florida love it smart men um but they are down in Florida for the NHL general managers meeting. We were talking about officiating before, and I think Mel Armenia mentioned it in the chat as well. Um, of the topics on the agenda for them is NHL officiating. I believe they were given a presentation today, actually, about um, where the NHL officiating is and, and what they kind of expect from officiating once the playoffs hit, especially, you know, of course, uh, it was Pierre Lebrun with a, with a great article detailing what's been going on down there in Florida after day one. Um, over at the athletic, basically general managers want consistency. The players want consistency. And that sort of was the, the overall theme of what they were asking, uh, head of NHL officiating Stephen Walken, uh, down there in Florida. Um, it seemed like they, they were, I guess, happy with some of the answers or, or like mm. I said, at least they got some answers as to what they can expect going forward. It's also believed that there are intentions to, well, not believed, it, it appears it's going to happen. They're going to discuss a salary cap 
or 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 adjusting the salary cap rules for the playoffs after the <laughs> eighty five million bullshit or whatever it was with I'm, Nikita Kucherov. I'm surprised that hasn't come up quicker because I know that was such a hot button issue. Oh, well, in fairness, what I'll what I'll say is it was such a hot button issue for fans and media i think during the playoffs i think a lot of general managers during the postseason kind of kept their mouth shut i, I know lou lou lamorello was asked about it a lot mm. not a lot but you know he was asked about it a bit during the playoffs and mm. and everything like that and, and and in fairness you know it's not as though the islanders have been themselves uh one to not kind of play the game when it comes to the salary cap when it in in the years past including including both runs to the, to the stanley cup uh, or and NHL Stanley Cup playoff conference final, blah, 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 mm. whatever the hell they were calling it at that point. Um, but Lou, Lou was very publicly like, listen, they're, they're playing within the rules and it is what it is. So um, I'm exactly. curious to know which NHL general managers are really kind of making the push for this or, mm. or kind of spearheading sort of the, the idea of making a change there. I think a lot of fans and people that observe the game go, yeah, maybe that makes sense. It does. Because that was, that was craziness. It does make um, sense. It was cra- why, why does the, the, the cap restrictions all of a sudden disappear at the most important time of the year? No, it's, it's crazy, but right? I, I mean, I can't get mad. Like you can't get mad at the, the Tampa Bay lightning for playing within the bounds of the rules. Well, right. Of course, if the loophole's there, take Use advantage. It. I mean, you're but the NHL. Yeah. You can get mad at the NHL, yeah. which is crazy. It, it was a crazy. So it's nice to see it being discussed. What comes out of it will be interesting to see. I think they'll make an adjustment. I do. What that is, whether it's enough, we'll see. But I think they'll do something about it. We'll uh, we'll see. We'll see. I uh, I'm not as again not as confident in in changes because this is you, the NHL. You are just a perennial pessimist. I no, mean, no, just I just think it's I think it's realism. You're a negative Nancy. You have nothing positive to say. You are a glass half full individual. And you know what? I guess we need something out there. We can't all be positive people. Yes, <laughs> that's all you got. I, I don't. Well, you've just you've labeled Jeez. me a ne- ne- negative Nelly or ne- negative Nancy. Or I whatever. did, I did. So. Okay, you're gonna take it like Chris Rock, huh? So many things I could say. <laughs> well, on uh, that note, ladies and gentlemen, one other note from the general managers uh, meeting. Nice to see the two Kyles getting along again. Oh, did you not see this? The two Kyles, Kyle Dubis and Kyle. Uh, Kyle Davidson, the general manager from Chicago and general manager from I did not Toronto. See that. No, what's going on there? Apparently, Dubis was very unhappy that information leaked about a trade conversation that he had with Davidson, mm. uh, and he very publicly kind of took a little swipe at him oh. during his post uh, deadline press conference. Kyle, Kyle Dubis did so. Oh, how about that? They've apparently made amends, and now they're uh, besties again. So that's good. Yeah, and and Mel Armenia twenty two hits on the head. Christian only cares about the Nets now. That's probably true. Wait, where's that coming from? I don't know. You got to ask Mel. <laughs> she said, yeah but, yeah, but Christian Lee didn't play it. I don't know what that's referring to. I'm not to. sure. I'm oh, the, that was the IR stuff for the playoffs. Oh, no, I no. I wasn't. Was to that. Sure, okay. But I'm also talking yeah. about, you know, Johnny Boychuk, Mysterio, you know. Sh- okay. And that's a lot, a and a lot of different nose. shenanigans. That right, right. Have, you know, all, all, Again, all well the within the rim. That's the thing. Like, you can't get, you know, I saw people getting... Getting very upset, Islander fans especially. You know, but Islanders, you know, they they work their magic as well. And as, look, if as long as it's in bounds and within the rules, it's, it's in the rules. You can't can't get mad at someone for pl- for using the loopholes to their advantage. I am not going to argue with that. And closing thoughts on Dadanoff. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> How about that whole thing, right? The I trade mean, goes through. It falls. It goes under the nose of everybody until after the fact they had to retract the trade because somebody didn't properly, <laughs> I guess, have a handle on his, his no trade clause. Yeah. That is That's brutal. embarrassing. That that's is embarrassing. Brutal. Yeah. For everybody involved. And I mean, everyone. Give well, Dad an awful lot of credit. He seems to be taking the mm-hmm. circumstances as well as you could imagine for someone who's like, all right, peace out. And then, right. And he's like, all right, maybe not. We uh, wanted you the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, wanted you to stay. Yeah. Poor well, guy. Tough, tough, but he's taking it like a champ. So give him credit. And uh, maybe he'll end up in the team he wants to go to next year. We'll find out. In the future. Woo! But as right now goes, folks, we're going to wrap it up. We want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And, of course, listening on your favorite podcast providers sometime in the near future. Huge thanks to Alan Kreda of New York Times for joining us tonight. Word. And a big thanks to our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. The best place to catch the aisles when you can make it to the game. Don't just go for the aisles. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. A huge thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, their brand new location in East Islip. And of course, UBS Arena. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out, check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey team heroes. And a big thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And of course, a big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York. And like we said before, get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. Christian, you can follow him on Twitter at C underscore Arnold zero one. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you don't catch us live for the viewing at Twitch, you can now watch us on the YouTubes. We post all our archives up there, so check it out if you miss us on Twitch. Tell your friends, subscribe, rate us, review us, tell everybody you love us, even if it's a lie. <laughs> for Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We will see you at RJ Daniels Friday night for Islanders versus Rangers. Big viewing, viewing party. Come on down. Going to be lots of fun. We'll see you there. Bye.